Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Hey guys, how's it going? Today we're going to be talking about how to help someone with bulimia. Um, who are struggling with bulimia. And I know that a lot of you guys listening are struggling with bulimia yourselves. You know, it's not that you're looking for other people, you're listening because you yourself want this help. And I am going to suggest this episode is still going to be helpful for you because it may give you perspective on the other side of who's trying to help you with bulimia. If you have someone in your life that is involved or, um, you know, is maybe catching on to things or you're thinking about telling, it can be helpful. I think this episode to get a different viewpoint because I'm in unique, I've been in a unique standpoint where I've struggled with bulimia and now I help with people with bulimia. So I kind of have played both roles in terms of caring about someone who is struggling with bulimia and also being in it. So that episode, this episode might be helpful for you just to get a other side of the coin, you know, that viewpoint. Um, It will also help you for things to consider when asking for help, you know, like how can I approach this and how can I ask for help while still considering the other person? So that's, but you know, maybe this episode isn't for you, (laughs) Uh, but you use your best judgment. But I know that there's also a lot of you listening because I've gotten messages from you who are listening to this podcast specifically for someone that you love, someone that you care about, whether it is a child of yours or a loved one. I get a lot of, predominantly, I get a lot of partners that reach out to me and they say, my wife, my husband, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, whoever, they are struggling with bulimia and I just want to help them. What do I do? I get that question all the time. What do I do? How do I help them? How and they don't even sometimes also the person like they don't want to recover. And so it's heartbreaking. I get these messages a lot and I've been getting them for a little while and I just for a while and I want to address it and give you guys my best advice for how to help your loved ones, the ones that you care about with bulimia. Or if you know someone that's struggling, you could also pass this episode along to them. But first, I wanted to go over a few things. Generally, I I've been trying to read um I get messages also just thanking me for the podcast, and I like reading them on here. Um, But today I kind of wanted to read responses that I had gotten from people because on my Instagram this week, in honor of this episode that I'm going to do today, I've been posting a um, content each day with several tips and steps I suggest to everyone trying to help someone with bulimia. But I asked on Monday, um, I asked people to write in if there's something that you would want anyone to know. Like if you think back to who has been in your life, who has helped you with your bulimia recovery or people that were involved, what would you want someone to know who you're letting in or someone that knows about your bulimia? What would you want them to understand or what is something that they misunderstood or whatever? So I want to read a few of those entries that people wrote into me and uh, maybe they'll give you, it'll be a nice way to kick off the episode. And so I asked specifically, if you could tell your loved ones anything about your struggle with bulimia, something they needed to understand, something that would help you, something they are misunderstanding, what would you want them to know? And I had people write in, one person wrote in, no one feels more guilty, afraid, and ashamed about their behavior than the person with the eating disorder. And I can definitely relate to that. 
Um, another person said, you can't force someone into treatment or recovery. Sad, but true. And it will just end up in a fight. Another person wrote, they're not just a fuck up. It's meaning like, just because you have bulimia doesn't mean you're crazy or that you're a fuck up or you're messed up. It just means you're struggling with an action with a habit that is bulimia. This person said, I've had bulimia for 20 years. Only a small handful of people know it's broken relationship. It's broken relationships. Yeah, this is a big one. A lot of people don't understand that you can have bulimia for a long time and never know. People don't understand that there are people that go their whole lives with bulimia or an eating disorder. And a lot of times I've had people tell me, you know, I had no idea or um, people will say I had no idea she was struggling for that long. Such shock. But when people tell me, come to me and they're like, I've been struggling for 15 years. Like that seems like the average time, but people have been struggling for longer, 30 years, 40 years it stays with you and it can break relationships. It's like when you were, when you have bulimia, for those of you that don't know, it's like you're in a secret, secret relationship with food and your eating disorder. Your eating disorder becomes your extra relationship. The thing you devote time to, the thing that you spend time with, the activity you go to in secret that you don't want to spend any other time with. So, so true. This person said, when I talk about my progress, don't dismiss it. Just listen and acknowledge. It's a good one. Um, I wrote this one in because <laughs> I thought it was important. Um, I wrote, it's not about how I look. And I've gotten so many times um, because maybe I'm privileged to be in like a normal size body uh, by standards, but I don't, I can't tell you how many people when I've told them I've struggled with bulimia have said, I don't understand why you had an eating disorder. You looked fine. And this, I feel like I could get on my soapbox here because this is a whole nother topic, but it's not about looks. Part of it was, part of it maybe initiated it from how I thought I looked, but you don't have to look a certain way to have an eating disorder. And it's actually hurtful. Um, I've had a lot of people tell me, you look fine now. Like there's no, you know, you look great. It's okay. As if that's meant to comfort me. And I know that they mean it in a well-intending way. But I just have to kind of brush it off because I'm like, I know they don't understand that it's not about how I look, the behavior, like food. I'm not, I no longer want to, if I were to go back to bulimia, it wouldn't be because I wanted to change my appearance. I would want to do it because I would want to numb out with food. But anyway, so it's not about how you look and making comments about someone's body when they're struggling with the eating disorder can reinforce things when you're not meaning to do that. One person said, uh, they want them to know that I hope they will not be ashamed of me. And that is so huge. So many people with bulimia are so scared to tell you that they have bulimia. And if you suspect someone has an eating disorder, um, but they just aren't coming forward or they're being kind of reserved about it, it's because they're scared. They don't want you to know they are ashamed um, or they think that you're going to have a really adverse reaction. Anyway, so that was my short, like reading in the things that people wrote in. Thank you so much for writing those things in. I think that gives us like a little theme to go on. So, and so the first step is actually, um, for those of you that are the first step for someone that's trying to help someone with bulimia actually has nothing to do with the person. The first two steps really don't have anything to do with the person struggling with bulimia. I know like you guys that really want to help someone are like, have your notes out there. You're like, okay, what actions do I need to take? But the first thing that I want to suggest to you, someone that is involved with someone with bulimia recovery is to take the blame off yourself. Now, I understand that um, eating disorders can be born from so many different things. And sometimes par like parental figures or people in your life can trigger some of those behaviors to come up. 
Absolutely. Like some of me, maybe things you said, a passing comment, maybe you had something that you did in the past that affected their eating disorders or promoted it. But listen, eating disorders, bulimia comes from just like most eating disorders, multiple factors. It's not just so simple as to blame it on one person. It comes from biological, physiological, and environmental factors all rolled up into one. It's usually a combination of things. It's a complex issue. And I teach here, you know, that it comes from different things, but now it has become a habit. And that's how I help people recover by looking at bulimia as a habit. But I think it is so crucial not to put the blame on one person in particular. And you may have had something to do with their eating disorder, but I highly doubt, especially if you're listening to this podcast, that you did that on purpose. I don't think that you had the intent of trying to trigger someone into an eating disorder. And if you did, and you're here now, then I guess it's time to forgive yourself and see what you can do now. But playing the blame game does not help anyone. It takes, um, it's not that you should blame the person with the eating disorder for their eating disorder. It's not that you should blame the person that maybe had an impact on it. I'm saying you should take blame out of it entirely. Blaming, like finding the cause, it can sometimes give people closure. Maybe if there was a cause for it that you had were involved in, you should ask them about it and say, was there anything I did? I'd love to know about it. But otherwise, Then try to learn from those things and move on. Continually blaming yourself, it harbors a lot of guilt and it makes things uncomfortable, especially in recovery. I found this myself with my own um, personal family members. Uh, I I look back at the root cause of my eating disorder. I've always tried to figure that out. And um, especially when I know like lots of eating disorders can be rooted in trauma. Uh, And I had, you know, I didn't have a perfect childhood. I definitely had issues in my family. And I can see sometimes where certain things people said, I can see collectively where my eating disorder led to And my childhood looks played a huge role in your value in life. And it wasn't even intentional. However, I can, when I, even when I can directly look back at certain things, family members said certain things, people said, and think, yeah, that totally contributed to my eating disorder. I do not blame them ever. Because at the end of the day, it came from a whole host of things and there's no sense in blaming them. It doesn't help me now. It doesn't help anyone to continue blaming it. It's, it's wasting time and you could be spending time in the present thinking, okay, what are we going to do? Learn from your past and then move on from it because not, it's not helpful spending time there. Um, and then also it makes things awkward. If you're constantly like with my own family life, some of my family members are like, they feel guilty or they feel like they could have done something more and they blame themselves for that. And I just wouldn't want them to move on. Like, I don't really care to play the blame game with them. I'd rather them just like be okay. I think sometimes my family is more uncomfortable with the fact that I have bulimia than I am having bulimia. And so for those of you listening with someone with bulimia in your life, like it makes me uncomfortable when people aren't comfortable with it, I guess I should say. And it's like, I haven't been able to move on. I am okay with the fact that this happened in my life. Why can't you be okay with it? Let's just move on and not talk about it anymore. Like I'm better now. Cool. Um, so if you can take the blame off yourself and move on and let go of some of that guilt, that would be the first thing I'd suggest. And if you did do something wrong, ask them about it, you know, propose your questions and see what you can do differently and then move on. So the second step I proposed was putting your air mask on first. And I got the saying from, you know, if you go to an airplane, if you check the safety uh, documents, they put in the front of the seat, they always say, if you have a child, 
put when the, the oxygen levels drop and the little masks come down um, when something's wrong, you as an adult are supposed to put your air mask on. And then once you have your air mask on, you're supposed to put it on the child. Do not put it on the child and then put your air mask on first. And they do this because um, if you were to go unconscious uh, while putting on the mask of the child, they're kind of at a loss without an adult. It's better to take care of yourself first quickly so that you can take care of others around you. If you don't take care of yourself first, you will then be a liability to everyone else. And as an adult, as a functioning human being, you need to be able to do that. It doesn't serve you to put an air mask on a child and then you be unconscious. It better serves you to calmly put on your air mask on first and then help that child out immediately afterwards so that you both can be safe. It's a higher likelihood than the child fiddling around. Also, children usually take longer to put that air mask on. But if you compare yourself to this, like in bulimia recovery, what I commonly see is if someone in your life is suffering with bulimia, a lot of people that come to me are like, what can I do? I want to do everything. And they, they not only have like, they, they take on the burden too heavily. They're like, I have to change my entire life. I have to do everything I possibly can to make them feel better. And also with parents, I see this, especially they're like, they care about their child so, so much, you know, it's that intense love and they just want anything to take this pain away from them. But I know that it can seem like you want to put out all the stops for this person. And at certain times, grinding, um, going full 100% energy may be necessary, especially if there are immediate health risks going on with the person. However, you can't go 110% forever. You at some point will have to calm down and take care of yourself. Also, taking care or living with someone with bulimia, right, who's struggling with bulimia, it's an emotional toll on the person struggling. They are um, in constant torment with themselves uh, when they're struggling with food, with um, thinking about their weight, with resisting binging and purging, with the shame, all that kind of stuff, and just the physical toll bulimia takes on you. They are already like emotionally burdened. It can be hard to also be helping someone with that. So you have to be taking care of yourself first, so you can be there. You can be your own shoulder to, to lean on and help them. You're of no use if you're burning yourself into the ground. It's still important, even when someone you love is struggling with bulimia, that you put on your air mask first and you take care of yourself. It's not the time to bend over backwards. Also, if you're not taking care of yourself and you're always putting their needs above yours, resentment will build. And just because this person has bulimia, that doesn't mean that it is an excuse for you to put all your needs by the wayside. And I know people might have resistance to that, especially if you care about this person a lot. But, you know, the biggest thing that helped me in my recovery was not holding my partner to being the one that helped me recover. I had to do it on my own. Now, of course, he was there for me. He helped me as much as he could and, and was definitely supportive. But I stopped giving that expectation. I stopped expecting him to pull out all those tops because it's in the end, bulimia recovery comes from you, not the other person. Um, which we'll get to in a later point. But baseline, if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be able to also emotionally support this other person. And when I was going through bulimia recovery, I for sure needed a lot of emotional support. And I'm so thankful that my partner was much saner than I was at the time. He was able to um, kind of weigh me down or not weigh me down. He was able to be mentally strong when I was struggling myself. And I'm forever grateful for that. So you helping someone out with bulimia recovery is not a walk in the park. 
there's going to be struggles. And so taking care of yourself, beating your own needs first is going to be highly, highly important. And it's not a second afterthought. It should be one of your number one priorities. Take care of you and the other person. Okay. My third uh, tip is to inspire and give resources. So a lot of people, again, come to me and they're like, what do I do? Someone's struggling with bulimia. I tell them a lot of times to inspire the person. A lot of times people just want to give the um, person that they know that's struggling an action item list. And I understand where they're coming from with this. It's like, yeah, why not give them a whole list of good things to do? That makes total sense. But here's the thing. Some people aren't in a place to recover. You may know that someone wants to recover um, or someone's struggling with bulimia, but they don't know if they really want to recover or not yet. And I know that sounds bonkers to you. That sounds like why wouldn't someone want to leave bulimia? But it's a thing. I struggled with it myself and a lot of my clients do too. Sometimes we even miss bulimia because there is a little bit of pleasure to it, even if it's making our lives miserable. And so if they're not ready to recover yet, that could be a problem and they're not going to really listen to what you have to say. Also, a lot of them know a lot of the steps to recover, but they don't have hope that they can recover. And the thing that bulimia does is it makes you lose hope in yourself and lack of trust in yourself. And so they may know that they want to stop, but they have complete 0% confidence that they can. And so when you give someone resources, and I think what's even more important than resources is giving them inspirational stories of success, I think can be so powerful because that's what I do in this podcast. I think the most beneficial thing about this podcast isn't the tips I give about habits. It isn't the thing. It isn't me giving practical things about body weight. Sure. All that stuff is nice, but the main thing that I offer here on this podcast are random souls that cross my path is I give them hope because they see someone like me who was in it. I was someone who was completely crazy, binging and purging in grocery store bathrooms and spraying Lysol and cupcakes. So I didn't salvage them from the trash. I was that kind of person. And now I'm here and I'm sane and there's ice cream in my fridge and I don't feel compelled to eat the entire thing. And I'm, I'm, I didn't lose my entire life. And that gives people more hope than me telling them all the answers to bleed me recovery. I try to do both, but giving someone hope shows them that, especially stories of success, shows them, hey, that person went through exactly what I'm going through and maybe I can too. So that I think is the biggest um, fuel you can use for recovery. And it makes them want to recover because it sees like, hey, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and actually life at the end of the tunnel isn't worse than how you are now. And that's the thing you have to understand too. When I was in bulimia, I thought there was really not much hope for me. I thought even if I recovered from bulimia, I would have a miserable life. So showing them these stories, not just my podcast, for sure, send them my way, but also there's plenty of stories you look up on YouTube, you go to Instagram, bulimia recovery tab. There's so many stories of people recovering. So show them that, give them resources and let them make up their own minds. It has to come from them at the end of the day. And you have to let them make up your own mind. You know, that saying like they do in movies where they like, uh, make a fake situation. So the person that they're trying to manipulate, like that person will make up their mind, but it's really them that's made the decision. And they're just trying to nudge them in that way. It's kind of the situation, but you do have to let them make up their own mind, decide what they want to do. It has to come from them. So the fourth thing I wanted to talk about um, is empathize, understand, and try not to judge. And I think is this is probably not one of the most important, but it is definitely a huge thing. And I use this this is like um, the bread and butter of my coaching 
is I try to empathize, I try to understand, and I try not to judge. And that's what what makes me uh, able to actually talk with people. And my clients feel comfortable talking with me because I empathize, I try to understand, I do understand, and I don't judge. And that's because bulimia is a very vulnerable thing. And it's something that they are already very deeply ashamed of. We're very deeply ashamed of it, right? I've gotten through that. So I don't really say myself anymore, but there was a point where I felt a deep sense of shame. And I was so scared to tell the people for fear of the judgment that they would place on me. I thought, I thought my poor boyfriend who was amazing, you know, um, who would never in his right mind think these things. I thought he was going to think I was a liar. I was disgusting. I was crazy. And I was um, selfish. When, you know, you think about it from your perspective, someone watching the outside, uh, you don't think any of those things probably about the person that's recovering. You probably just think there's someone who needs help, who has a habit, and you want them to see how amazing they are without it. So when you can be at a place where you are just understanding, not judging, and empathizing, and that can really help your relationship with this person and help them know that they have a shoulder to lean on. And if you are having trouble understanding, ask them in a kind way, help them, ask them to help you understand what they're going through. Ask them, what does it feel like when you want to binge and purge? Why are these urges so hard for you to overcome? What's happening? Um, why are you scared to talk about this with me? I want to understand um, what certain things can I do? What would help more? Like ask them, those types of questions, because you don't know what's in their mind. You can't read their mind. So asking them these questions will really help you give them a clearer picture and show that you care. Um, Trying to empathize, even though like someone wrote in um, today to me and said, how you say um, it feels like you're going to die when you don't have food uh, sounds dramatic to other people. And that's the thing, like to you, someone who doesn't understand, like you're just thinking like, why don't you just not eat the food, like only eat when you're hungry and then you don't have to purge or you think, oh, when I overeat, I don't, I don't need to purge it. I just have overeaten. You think that, but the person that's struggling with it, with bulimia, when they feel overly full, it's one of the worst feelings ever. It feels so extreme and awful. Um, likewise, when they've overeaten or they have this drive to eat, eat food, it's not it is just as simple as not eating the food, but they have a whole bunch of mental components going on that makes them feel compelled to eat the food anyway. So you asking them will give you a deeper understanding of what's going on in their brain. And this will help you feel less frustrated because you'll actually know a lot of anger comes from misunderstandings. A lot of anger comes from not understanding the person, not knowing what's going on, frustration and fear, right? And it's really frustrating to watch someone when you don't know why they're doing that. But if they can help explain their rationale to you, you both can be on the same level and it can really clear up resentment and frustration. Also, try not to judge. You have no idea how many people have come to me and said, I want to tell my partner, but they've made passing comments about other people with the same issues I'm struggling with that were judgmental. And I'm so scared to tell them. You don't, even if you're not consciously doing it, you don't know what your judgmental thoughts, like they pick up on those. You don't know what those judgmental comments are doing to your loved one. So um, try not to judge if they come to you, try not to have a crazy reaction, trying to be like, okay, all right, this is happening, being calm about it, being open about it, not scoffing, not reacting in disgust, just trying to be understanding and know that there are human beings struggling not just someone crazy. 
so, so helpful. And a lot of partners express frustration of like, why do they keep lying? They keep not telling me what's going on. And it's partly because they want to keep bulimia to themselves. It's like this secret relationship and it's a little bit of like an addiction, but it's also partly because they feel like they're ashamed they're not making progress and they maybe don't feel safe talking to you. So if you can show them time and time again that, hey, when you come to me with these things, I'm not going to react in this horrible way. We can talk about it calmly. This is a safe place. That might be really helpful for your relationship. Also, when you're trying to empathize, understand, if you are feeling frustrated, try to take a step back and give yourself some space and then voice your frustrations with them in a calm, actually constructive way. And this goes for you guys listening that are struggling with bulimia. I know it's frustrating what you're going through, but it's also frustrating to watch someone go through something when you know that they can recover, right? And it can just be emotionally taxing on someone to help someone with bulimia. And this is coming from someone who helps people with bulimia. If I haven't taken care of myself and if I'm not understanding the situation, it can be emotionally taxing on me. That's why helping, trying to understand what my clients are going through, trying to put myself in their shoes, it helps me be less frustrated. And that's why also taking care of myself is super important too. Okay. The whatever step, I have no idea what step we're on now. So I'm just going to say another step is um, ask them what they need. And this kind of goes with like, ask them how they're feeling, but you can give them all the resources under the sun, but you don't particularly know exactly what they need to recover. So it might be helpful to sit them down and be like, okay, what specifically do you need from me and from others? What do we need to do to help you out? I'm willing to do whatever it is within reason. Here are my boundaries or set up reasonable expectations. Maybe you can't do everything. So it's good to know what they need. So if you can't do everything and make sure you're taking care of yourself, like your needs are met and the things that you can't do, find other things for that or ask, you know, how can we make this work? How can we find someone else for you? Like all those sort of things, but ask them what they need. You may be surprised. Like I was talking to someone today, one of my clients today on our group coaching call on our course. And this person was just, she was so scared to ask one, her partner, um, to, to call him on like a business trip when she was alone, when she needed extra support. And I know a lot of you partners listening out there, like all she, all they need is a call. Like I would of course do that. I would be there for them. I will, I would always want them to call, but you don't know, unless you ask them, it's simple things like that, that could help. Or like, Hey, can we maybe not have as much junk food in the house? That would really help me out. Simple things like that. One of my clients, like when she goes home on the weekends, all of that junk food her family buys her really trips her up. And it's just like an alcoholic walking into a bar. It's really hard for her. So simple things like that may be what your partner or child or whatever need. And that could be a really easy fix. So ask them what they need. You may be surprised at how simple the things that they need are. Or if they are complicated, at least you guys can work on a plan together to see what they need. But that will be really important and key. Okay. This is a big one. This is a good one. Another step is believe in them before they believe in themselves. And this is something really cool about being a coach is my clients get to borrow from my beliefs. And I I heard that term somewhere else. And I was like, that's genius. Um, Basically, when you're struggling with bulimia, you don't really trust yourself. You have like a lack of belief in yourself. And that's why showing people 
inspiration can be so helpful, but you have this lack of belief in yourself because you keep, you have the cycle of keeping to wanting to do something and then you keep not doing it. So the, your past, especially if you've been in the eating disorder for a long time, you just start to build this belief that I'm not capable of anything else, but bulimia. And I'm not saying it's your job as someone else who's supporting this person to always be their hype man. But if you can, for this amount of time, just show them that you believe in them, even when they don't believe in themselves. It's really hard when you're in it to see that you're capable of more than bulimia. But you on the outside looking in, you know that they are capable of so much more than what's going on. My partner knew it. A lot of my clients' partners know it. Like they can see what you can't see. And we all do this to some degree. We always see our biggest flaws and we overlook our amazing traits that other people would kill to have, right? So if you can be their belief system, they could borrow from your beliefs a little bit. They can be like, I don't necessarily believe it myself, but I know so-and-so believes in me. I know that for some reason they think I'm worthwhile. So maybe there's a shred of truth. Maybe I'll do it. And a lot of my course members, a lot of my clients they tried it because they told I told them, no, I believe in you. And I wasn't lying. I full-heartedly, every time I say that, I 100% believe everyone can recover. It's just going to take the right information. And it's just going to take not giving up. And that is such a firm belief. And I let my clients borrow it as much as they possibly need till they believe it themselves. And so um, that can be such a powerful tool that you offer them is constantly saying, no, I freaking believe in you. Don't ever say otherwise. And eventually they will believe in themselves. It's just going to take some work. Okay. Um, and then the seventh step is um, the saddest one, I think, but it's an important thing to say is that know that you can't make anyone recover. I think a lot of people take it on themselves that if they don't recover, if someone doesn't recover on their watch, it's because of them. And it has to come from the person. That's not to say that like having the right support isn't super effective for recovery, but if someone doesn't want to recover, they will not recover. And it's this idea that you have to be ready to let go of your eating disorder. And I think that is the hardest part people struggle with. That is what I struggle with the most is letting go. Once I was ready to let go, once I finally made the decision that no, this isn't serving my life anymore. I looked into my future, which probably was one of the most motivating things. And I was like, I can't, I, I really, I couldn't see a future with me 50, year old, 50 years old struggling with bulimia. I know some of you out there and you're older than that and you're struggling um, and I get it. But for me, I was just like, I can't, I can't even picture it. So if I can't even picture it, then there must not be a good thing on the other side. I can't do this anymore. I have to let it go. I'm miserable. This has to be done. I have to let it go. And that's what got me to give it up. But some people aren't at that point and it's all individual. And that's why giving them inspiration and encouragement can be so, so helpful to let them come to that conclusion on their own. But no amount of anything that you do will change someone if they aren't willing to change. You can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make them drink. And that's just the way of the world. And I know there's going to be a lot of resistance to that, but try to be patient and try to understand and try to be there for them, even if they want to stay with bulimia. And that brings me to my final point, again, bittersweet, but so, so important, is just to love them, just to treat them like a human being 
and love them regardless of the decisions they make in recovery, even though it's hard. And love them doesn't mean that you put your needs, their needs above yours. You can love them from afar. You can love them and still make good decisions for you. And I know that that and maybe some of you guys that are listening to this that struggle with bulimia, um, you know that it can tear relationships apart. And I think it's just painful to watch someone struggle with bulimia and you know that they can recover. They have the ability, but I'm going to hope that whatever they do, you at least give them love in whatever capacity you have and continue trying to do that because that is what they need most and foremost for most of all, they need some love from themselves and it's helpful to get it from you. I don't know where I would have been if I didn't have my family and my partner and my dog, I probably would have been in a very, very different place if I didn't have people care about me. Because here's the thing, there was a point in my life where I didn't care about whether I lived or died, but I did care about how I felt about other people. And I'm not saying that, you know, sometimes people in relationships, they can try to manipulate people and be like, if you go, I'm, I'm not going to be in this world anymore. I can't do it anymore. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it did help me to know that I had people depending on me. And I had love. I had people that cared about me. And that held me for a little while while I got my things together, while I figured it out. And hopefully the combination of steps I shared with you today can bring your loved ones to the other side and help them find their way out of bulimia recovery. So I hope that these tips, like, please let me know if you relate to them. If you don't, if you felt like I missed something, I'd love for you to write in and tell me about it. You can message me on Instagram or email me. I'd love to hear from you. I'm getting a lot more messages now and I enjoy reading them. I try to respond as fast as I can, but I'm also human. But I appreciate all you guys listening out there. This year has been unreal and we're, we are approaching, I think we're almost to a full year of this podcast, which is crazy, right? It's been almost a full year since I have been podcasting here and things have just so drastically changed since doing that so thank you for all of you that are listening out there i really appreciate you and i'd love to hear from you so i will talk to you guys later i hope you're having a good weekend and let me know how these tips go all right bye guys hey if you like this episode you have to come check out the Binge Breakers Recovery Course. If you're trying to recover from bulimia and you're sick of doing it alone and you feel like you've tried a lot of traditional therapies and it's not working with you, come join the course. Go to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course.